The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings and happy Derby. This episode of the Pet Buzz is one of our favorite shows of the year. Right, Dr. Fleck? Yes, it is. This is our special Kentucky Derby programming. Everything we talk about today will prepare you for the 149th Kentucky Derby presented by Woodford Reserve. So, Dr. Fleck, let's get started for the greatest two minutes in sport. Yeah, this week we are speaking with Churchill Downs featured Milner. For the sixth year in a row, our friend and our Milner, Christine Moore. She has made us some terrific toppers. Racing journalist Steve Haskin is back, giving us his unique perspective about the Derby field of contenders. And Travis Stone, Churchill Downs track announcer, is talking about how he prepares for his biggest job of the year, announcing the greatest two minutes in sports. And our first guest is always a favorite, and he is here to give us the Churchill Down Scoop. Scoop. Well, joining us today is Darren Rogers, the Media Service Senior Director of Communications at Churchill Downs. A warm hello to you, Darren, and thanks for joining us today. Hey, Charlotte, how are you? I'm good. Well, Charlotte, happy Derby to you. It's a great time of the year, you know, not just here in Louisville, but, uh, you know, around the, uh, around the world, especially in the world of horse racing. When, uh, you know, you get within one month's time of, of uh, the run for the roses. It's exciting. It really is. And of course, this is the most famous horse world on the planet. So who wouldn't be excited? You know, Churchill Down puts on such a great show every single year. Talk to us about what's happening at the track the week before Derby. Well, you know, we open up on Saturday night, uh, one week in advance of the Derby with the, uh, the big opening night fanfare under the lights in prime time. That's on uh, Saturday, April the 29th. And then we kind of rest and prepare a little bit on, on Sunday and Monday. Although we do host two uh, events on Sunday and Monday of Derby week that are uh, in the morning, uh, Downs, uh, it's a dining experience where you can watch the Derby and Oaks contenders train uh, from you know 7 to 10 a.m. in the morning. It's fantastic. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. It really is neat. And then, um, you know, we have a new event this year on Tuesday of Derby Week. Uh, called it 50 Tuesday. Uh, it's a celebration of uh, uh, all things Louisville. A nod to our area code, 502. And then, of course, Tuesday of Derby Week. And, you know, the community, uh, you know, really is the heartbeat of the Derby. And, you know, we realize that you know, this event has just become such a massive, not just, you know, uh, national event, but it's an international event, a top 10 bucket list event where, you know, people come in from all over the world to attend Oaks and Derby Day. And, you know, the folks that live here in the community, they, they still love to come. They still host their derby parties at home. They're looking for like a, a day of their own. And so the, I thought that was partly Thurby, too. Well, it is. But Thurby celebrates all things Kentucky, okay. the bluegrass, the horses, uh, so uh, we're going to have a little more community focus. You know, we're working with different uh, charitable partners within the community, trying to make the Derby more accessible 
to everyone. You know, general admission that day is just going to be $5, which is the normal spring meet pricing. And, you know, we think it gives everybody in our community a chance to get the the buzz and the feel of uh, Derby Week. Wednesday, uh, you know, Champions Day used to be on Tuesday. We moved it to to Wednesday. And this year's Champions Day is going to be extra special because we will be celebrating the 50th anniversary of Secretary. You know, there's no horse in, in the world that resonates more with people than Big Red. I mean, Secretariat back in 1973, you know, swept the Triple Crown. Everybody remembers the Belmont Stakes and the 31 Lakes, you know, is victory. But, you know, with track records, really, in all three races, he is absolutely unbelievable, and he still resonates with people today. We've got a great partnership with the, uh, the National Racing uh, Museum and Hall of Fame, uh, Saratoga Springs, New York. And they have a mobile uh, secretariat exhibit that will be making its debut at Churchill Downs with artifacts, yeah. trophies, uh, very interactive. People will be able to take pictures with that. Uh, our friends with Woodford Reserve. Uh, Yummy. I don't know if yeah, it's so good. I don't if, if you haven't seen this year's commemorative derby bottle, it is absolutely gorgeous. It is uh, the artist did a very colorful depiction of the 1973 Kentucky Derby Winter Circle with Secretariat in it, the Red Roses, et cetera. Well, we're actually making a print of 5,000 of, uh, you know, from that artist into a poster, and that'll be given away free of charge to uh, the first 5,000 people on hand on the Wednesday of Derby. So that'll be a big day. Thursday is Derby. The crowds continue to build, you know, with the weather being, uh, you know, it's always sunny in 75 here, Cheryl. Uh, when it's a Chamber of Commerce Day, uh, we should have a crowd of around 50,000 people on hand on Thurby. And then, of course, we get to Oaks Day with the Pink Out, the Survivors Parade, and the running to the Kentucky Oaks. We should have north of 100,000 know, people, maybe 120 if the weather's great. And then uh, Derby Day itself, uh, you know, we're always in the neighborhood of 150,000 people. So, you know, we're going to welcome 300,000 guests throughout the week. There's always a little something for everybody in town. It's just a magical time of year here in the Ville. I have this big smile on my face because it is truly magical. And the thing that I love most that I've learned over the years, they appreciate the most is the people because everybody is on board with this celebration and they are such a great representation of what goes on there. So, you know, when you think about it, it you're right. It's all about the horses at the end of the day. It really is. Well, uh, last two questions. So if you're planning a Kentucky Derby party, where do you go? Where do you get advice from? It's very easy. Go to KentuckyDerby.com slash party. Um, you can get all the things that you're looking for. They'll, they'll, they'll put in there um, fashion tips for your, uh, for your, for your deal. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you can have uh, recipes, uh, drinks. Uh, we can send out uh, party plates and decor for having your party at home. Um, NBC is going to have wall-to-wall coverage this year from noon until 7.30, all day national. Because of the uh, the coronation with the king, uh, <gasps> that's going right. to be in the morning as a lead-in right into the Derby Day coverage that will start on NBC at noon. And so seven and a half hours on network television and usually, you know, it tracks somewhere in the neighborhood of 16 million viewers, which is uh, an astounding number. You know, when you look at uh, the Masters final round, 
you know, the you look at the recently completed uh, NC2A uh, basketball championship. Those are in the neighborhoods of 10 million viewers. To get 16 million annually for the Derby really sure. speaks to the to the event. So people love it from from coast to coast. And again, just go to KentuckyDerby.com slash party and they'll do, you know, derby party planning. You got your supplies, you get some. You got your balloons, there. you got your streamers, you got I'm your done. posters. You gotta have the posters. If you're gonna have the party, you gotta get the posters up there, buy some pins, give them away, do some contests. And the menu at home. That's right. It gives you the stuff so you can make the favorite southern inspired. Uh, type of gear. One thing I know you'd like if you're hosting, you can pre-order your Derby Race programs. The official program will be sent uh, straight to your home. You just have to uh, put in an order by April the 28th. They will deliver uh, via, uh, I can't remember if it's FedEx or UPS, but it'll be right on your doorstep for Oaks and Derby days. So you have to order enough glasses so that everyone goes home with a glass and that makes it special. And the other thing I like to do is I only serve two drinks, uh, the mint julep and then the Oaks Lily. That's it. Well, here, I'll give you a third. I'll give you a third one. You got to work in the Spire. Oh, that's right. That came up last year, right? It's got bourbon, lemonade, cranberry juice, little garnish of orange. It's it's very, very good. That's my, that is my personal favorite. What's your favorite dish on Derby Day? Well, they it's not a dish. It's a side that we make here at the Downs. And it is the mashed sweet potatoes that uh, is loaded with butter and bourbon. Mm. It is uh, four pounds of sweet potatoes. Get your unsalted butter. Uh-huh. You have vanilla extract, a quarter okay. cup of bourbon. You get some okay. light brown sugar, some cinnamon, some salt. Some it's like you're making a pie. Pe- some candied pecans. Okay. Time, and then a quarter, uh, another half cup of bourbon brown butter to go along with it. Oh. It is mashed sweet potatoes that taste like a dessert. Well, I'm just going to have to try that. Okay. Well, Darren, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, just give us the website one more time. KentuckyDerby.com if you're not coming out here. And click on party, have your own party, and you'll get all the information you want there. And if you're looking for real detailed information, if you're on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. My account is at Derby Media. It's garnered towards media information, but you'll be up to date with all the latest news and notes. And if you do go, ladies, make sure you wear comfortable shoes. It's a long day and there are a lot of stepping stones to walk through. So you got to wear comfortable shoes. Well, just to remind you, that was Darren Rogers, the media services senior director of communications at Churchill Downs, discussing KY Derby 149. Don't miss any of the action. It's not too late to pack up for Louisville and watch the race in person or plan a great derby party at your home. Write to me. I'll give you some great advice. And this year, I'm happy to say I'm off to Louisville. Up next, we're speaking with Travis Stone, the Churchill Downs track announcer about announcing the greatest two minutes in sports. 
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Well, thank you for joining us on the Peppas this morning. This show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We are enjoying being with you today, talking KY Derby 149, presented by Woodford Reserve. Well, it's been a while since I've been there, but at the Kentucky Derby Museum, there's an attraction that allows you to act as a track announcer or broadcaster doing a race. The script pops up on a screen and you try your darnness to sound like a professional track announcer. You just read the lines, but boy, is it hard. It's hard because you want to read the lines, tell the story in real time and really sound like those guys. Well, I just don't know how they do it. But our next guest is going to tell us. Joining us today is Travis Stone, the track announcer at Churchill Downs. He will be the eighth person announcing races at the legendary track since 19 since the 1940s. Most importantly, he will be calling the 149th Kentucky Derby. So I guess my first question, Travis, is how did you start in track announcing? Well, I guess if you grew up around horses, maybe not. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, no horses in my family. I think the last time I was on a horse, I was maybe six years old at an amusement park where, you, you know, you ride the ponies around in a circle. Uh-huh. Um, but I did grow up an hour north of Saratoga in upstate New York. Saratoga has a, a race meet every summer. And my dad was a racing fan. Uh, my mom became a racing fan with my dad. And we used to go to the track all the time. All the time. My dad would save his vacation days for uh, extra visits to the track in the summer. And I just fell in love with it. And uh, uh, it was one of those kids that I'd come home and I'd want to play uh, sports or do whatever. So like I'd come home and pretend to, to race horses. I'd race marbles. I raced my matchbox cars on the floor when I was really young. Uh, I remember pretending I was a jockey riding my bike around the yard. Um, and I would pretend to call the race. And at some point, it just sort of triggered in me that I actually kind of really enjoy the race calling and how that sounds and what it brings to the whole scene. And I wrote a letter when I was about 12 years old to Tom Durkin, a now retired race caller from New York, uh, arguably widely considered the best of all time. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I, you know, I, I want to call races. Uh, can you just give me some advice? What should I do? And he wrote me back. And I was sort of on my way from there and went to school. Yeah. I went to auctioneer school and just, uh, worked at it. Uh, I used to call races all the time as a kid into my teen years and just really tried to hone the craft and, uh, a couple of breaks here, there later. And well, there's two things that I love about what you said. It was that, um, you actually took the initiative to write to somebody in that chosen field who was probably so impressed with your letter and wrote back to you. And I really wish we'd have more kids taking that initiative. You know, I mean, we're, we live in an age where everyone gets a certificate, but 
that initiative to go and strive for something that we want is fantastic. I mean, I started this segment by talking about the attraction at the Derby Museum, how you call the race. Mm-hmm. It's friggin' hard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the big question. What's it like to announce the greatest two minutes of sports, the Kentucky Derby? Oh, how would I describe it? I think for someone like myself who loves to call races and, and has pursued this their entire life, it is the pinnacle of our profession. So it is pretty cool. Uh, it is also extremely stressful. It is just a, uh, it is a buildup that, each consecutive day, you can just feel the tension building. Um, so I try and really find routines and approaches to, just to help uh, sort of create systems around getting ready to call the race so that wild and outside influences are minimized as much as possible. So I have a binder with all of the horses for the Oaks and the Derby, uh, multiple pages per horse of notes and thoughts and ideas and the colors the jockeys wear. And it's really just about the whole, that adage, if you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. So I, I, I want to just eliminate as much as possible. As an example, a few years ago when Justify won the Derby, there were some horses in the race with the same silks. It was it was a horrendous day, the most miserable day at the track. It was pouring rain all day. I remember and, that. Yeah, yeah, not fun. But I was still there. Day. And, uh, and so the, the, as you can imagine, the jockey silks, which we use as race callers, we memorize those silks with the names, they get really dirty. And because I had put the prep work in, when they turned for home, there's justifying in front. His silks are pretty clean because he was in front most of the way, but he still has the same silks as the other horses in there, five or, five or so horses in there. But he had a blue shadow roll over his nose. And, and I saw that blue shadow roll, and I knew that was justified. So just one example of where, like, even printing up a picture of every horse and looking at it as you think about them, it's just that the, everything you just, you just want to leave nothing, nothing to change. No, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, two minutes is probably the longest two minutes of your life in any given year. And then, like you said, memorizing the horses, also perfecting how you use language and make yeah. it entertaining and also thinking about how you're going to say it. So there's a comma, there's a period. So it's like the thoughts are one at a time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a great point. And I'll give you like one thing I've been working on a lot over the past year or so is uh, sort of inflection or uh-huh. uh, getting more emotion into what I say and uh, not having such a flat sound at times, um, creating that drama, you know, telling a better story. I've, I've really uh, focused on that quite a bit over the last eight to 10 months or so. Uh, read a bunch of books, random books, like books on acting, believe it or not, which sure. has a lot of insight into how uh, to capture sort of like what what you want your character to project to those listening. Even though I'm not acting, like the, some of the concepts no, apply. It's... And again, I hate to, to bring it back, but it's all about that prep. You just think about every possible scenario that could happen. What happens if practical move stumbles at the start? What happens if Dermis Otagake gets an easy lead going down the backstretch and all of a sudden Japan, which has never won the Kentucky Derby, is like halfway there? You know, these little dramatic storylines that people can latch on to. And uh, yeah, it's just it's all about preparing. And then, you know, you got to execute. Right. You can prepare all you want yourself to execute. So sure. Trying to work on some of that stuff. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a labor of love. It really is it's a lot of fun trying to call that race. Just you think about everything and 
well, maybe this line would sound better than that line, but you know, that line's better, but I got to inflect here or, you know, whatever. Sure. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking to Travis Stone, the horse racing announcer at Churchill Downs. He will be announcing the 149th Kentucky Derby Day race. How exciting. Okay. So I guess it's another style question about bringing your personality or style into the job. I mean, obviously, as a consummate professional, you prepare, but I mean, do you put on like your favorite tie or your favorite jacket? I mean, uh, I mean, is I am, that the I'm, confidence booster? So as you glide around, you know, I mean, most of the day you're, you know, in the booth, but do you, does that tie or that hat or that lucky ring or your father's pen kind of give you that confidence? I am, uh, I'm superstitious. Uh So um, in many ways, anybody that's involved in horse racing has superstitions, but uh, you know, so I do a couple of things and I don't know, maybe they're quirky. I do have a tie that uh, I had a derby call that I enjoyed and liked and was proud of. Uh, I I will cycle that tie back around, (laughs) you know, just because it might be the lucky tie. Um, It's, you know, there's things that I do like, uh, my binder, which is which is all my prep work, um, it's like sort of my security blanket, if you will. And it's it's like uh, um, it just gives me the idea that, OK, if you have this binder around, then then you're in a good spot. You are um, you've done the work, you've done the prep, you've done what you can. Well, just to remind you, that was Travis Stone, the horse racing track announcer at the legendary Churchill Downs, discussing the most famous horse race in the world. He is the eighth, the eighth announcer, track announcer since the 1940s. The KY Derby 149. For more information, visit kyderby.com. Up next, legendary racing journalist Steve Haskin. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Welcome back. You're listening to The Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. This is our prep program for the 149th Kentucky Derby presented by Woodford Reserve. Today, we're talking about the run for the roses and which horse will be adorned with the beautiful garland of 554 roses created by Kroger. While he's back, and we're always glad to have him join us to talk Derby in particular, the 149th Kentucky Derby. Yes, we sure do. We welcome Steve Haskin, who has gained recognition for his annual coverage of the Kentucky Derby, first as national correspondent for the Daily Racing Forum, and then as senior correspondent at the Blood Horse. He has been elected to the National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame, Media Roll of Honor Roll, 2016. He now writes the Askin Haskin 
column and blog at thesecretariat.com. Always great to have you back, Steve. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. Oh, it's always great to be here and always great to listen to my credits. <laughs> Not only that, you didn't run the air for like two seconds and you already taught me something I didn't know. I didn't know how many roses were on the garland. Wow, wow. good. We got one over I, on the expert. Right, and I have to figure we, out. I we was got just, one. You know, it's funny because as I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, I want to know why there's 554 so i'm going to have to figure out why well we can't ask steve <laughs> well obviously not so the kentucky derby is said to be the most exciting two minutes in sports i have to agree it is the most it exciting is. two minutes in sports. but like most sports you want to know about the athletes so i'm going to come out of the starting gate and ask about forte who seems to be the favorite winning probably about two million dollars steve opine about this horse for us why does everyone like like Forte so much. Well, I think everyone used to like Forte. Uh, I think most people like Forte, but there are some that have jumped ship because of uh, his last couple of starts. They weren't crazy about his speed figures. And, you know, people are always looking for something to knock the favorite. So they're starting to say, well, you know, this horse is, seems to be regressing. His paragraph numbers in the uh, Florida Derby were a fairly decent sized regression from his other races. And he hasn't really improved since actually last September when he won the hopeful stakes, his numbers haven't improved. So, you know, they're looking elsewhere and there's a lot of different places to look, but I still think, look, the horse has won five consecutive graded stakes, four of them grade ones. Uh -huh. He knows how to win in every way conceivable. So I, I don't see any reason to go. Well, I've had him on top for the last 12 weeks. I'm certainly not going to go off him now when all he does is win. Well, whom else do we need to keep an eye on then? Talk to us about your, your next three favorites. Well, my next three favorites, uh, actually the number two horse is a horse from the same barn, from Todd Pletcher's barn, and that's a horse called Tappet Trice, who won the Tampa Bay Derby and just won the uh, Bluegrass Stakes. And I've liked him because I did something I, I, I've really never done in 25 years of doing the Derby rankings, and Derby doesn't. And that's to rank a horse as high as number seven coming off a neck maiden victory in a sprint race. That's how impressed I was with all of his mechanics. He's just such a big, long-striding horse with such a beautiful, fluid stride, great extension. And he makes a tremendous presence, which is why he sold for $1.3 million. But I just looked at that horse and I said, that horse is special. And he hasn't lost since. And a lot of people are looking maybe to, you know, Jump replace him and Todd Pletcher's top derby horse. Well, 1.3 million for yeah. this, this level of horse isn't really that expensive, is it? I mean, 1.3 million is, it, it, that is expensive for a young, unproven horse. Uh, Forte sold for 110,000. That's, and that's, California that, that's Chrome, $10,000, right? Yeah. yeah different time well yeah well well california chrome was a uh, california bread who was not bred very well um but listen they've been uh medina spirit on the ill-fated medina spirit uh who won the kentucky derby and in my mind is still the kentucky derby winner yeah he sold for a thousand dollars okay well if you've just joined us we're talking with legendary horse racing journalist and author Steve Haskin about the Derby contenders. Yeah, you know, and, and Steve, we told our listeners that you were going to be on board with us today. 
And there was a question that came from Gretchen from West Virginia, which I'm sure everybody has a question about. How do horses get selected for the Kentucky Derby? Well, it's all about the point system. It used to be about graded earnings, but horses would get graded earnings in sprint races and they'd come into the Derby and they weren't mile and a quarter horses and they'd set fast paces and they would tire. Churchill Downs didn't want to have to have had to deal with that. So they made it points. So they, they listed a whole bunch of stakes that they gave points for uh, and started out the 20 point races then the 50 point races. Then you got the big hundred point races and finishing first, second, third or fourth, you get points and the horses with the most points are the ones that get into the Derby. Um, this year you got horses now with 45 points, which has never, ever not gotten a horse into the Derby. And this year there's like three or four really good horses that can't get in. Now, if there's a tie, which there has been, because there was a couple of horses with 45 points, then they revert back to the total graded earnings. So right now we've got some really, really good horses that are just right on the bubble waiting to get in. And right now I don't see many horses looking to come out. Still early. It is early. You don't wish injury or you know illness on any horses, but you do want these horses somehow to find their way to get in. You know, maybe their connections have a change of heart at the last minute because there's a lot of horses in the Derby right now that, in my mind, don't belong in there. But you know, John Sheriffs has a, you know his horse Skinner who's waiting to get in. The other Japanese horse who was just beating the nose in the San Anita Derby, he's got 40 points. He's he's waiting. To get in, Brad Cox has two horses, Jace's Road and Cyclone Mischief, both very good horses. They're not in. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. But that's what it's all about. You always have to wait and see what happens, because by the time you actually yep. place your bet, you're still waiting to see what happens and you never we really never know. Okay, well, here we have another question. It's a personal question, Steve, about your good pally. <laughs> so Richard uh-huh. from Sacramento wants to know. When is Bob Baffert coming back to the Derby? Well, assuming he has a Derby horse, which I'm sure he will, he will be back. Drum roll, please. (laughs) Next year. He'll be back next year. And I can guarantee you, there'll never be a a trainer as obsessed to win the Derby as Mr. Baffert will next year. (laughs) Oh, I believe that. Boy, does he want to stick it to Churchill now, so I'll tell you that. Yeah, and for, for people that don't really pay a lot of attention to racing, except when the Derby is around or the Triple Crown sure. races, they, they just think about the horse. It's a team effort. It's a team effort with the horse, of course. you got to have the athlete. You've got to have the athlete as the jockey. And maybe the most important the is owners? the trainer. No, of course. Is of course. the trainer. But you also have to have cooperative owners, too. I mean, if you have owners who have their own handbook, it's not going to work, especially with a trainer like Bob Baffert. It's oh. got to be my way. Yeah. What a character. He has good owners. He, he knows and his owners know that if they have a strong derby horse, uh, they have up until uh, it was like February 28th to send him to another barn. And Bob understands that. So he, you know, several horses, and one of them is in the Derby, horse reincarnate, um, who they sent to Tim Yakteen, who used to work for Bob Baffert years ago. So he's been training the Bob Baffert horses. And then after the Derby, Bob Baffert gets the horses back. Right. Something already to look forward for the next Kentucky Derby. You're really going to miss the Royal Ascot. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, she even went to the Kentucky Derby, Queen Elizabeth. Oh, that's right. Toward Claiborne Farms. Yeah. I mean, how exciting yeah. was that? Wanted to see with her, She's with her with her old friend, Porchy, who trained horses for. Her. Yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, she's been, yeah. She's been to Darby Dan. She's been to Lane's End. Um, I remember going. I used to go to Darby Dan all the time. I used to stay there. I knew everybody there. And uh, I, I would see her, her mares. She would send her mares to Darby Dan Farm. She had a mare named Dunfermline who had won the St. Ledger beating the Colts. And it was a real thrill seeing uh, the Queen's broodmare at, uh, at Darby Dan. Yeah, I mean, you know, an exquisite horsewoman, uh, late 60s, early 70s, really wanted to mix it up, change the horses, looked, looked around for new trainers. And what does she do come to America? Well, on that crown note, uh, we're going to let you go. Yeah, thank um, you. Really, thank you for joining us. The information you offer for our listeners is just, it's wonderful. So give us your website so we can follow you. They can follow you and read about the valuable insights all the way up to Derby Day. And there will be, I'm sure there will be. Oh, yes. A lot of stuff still to come. Uh, I appreciate the kind words and uh, can be reached at secretariat.com. And remember, this is the secretary's the 50th anniversary of Secretariat's Triple Crown. So we got, I've already written one big feature, a lot of other big features on Secretariat's 50th anniversary coming up. So here's a toast to you with two mint juleps, all for you, Steve. Happy Derby Day. Up next, featured Milner of the 149th Kentucky Derby is Christine Moore. Trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we are urban, suburban, and, and country. And we are excited and we hope you are about the 149th Kentucky Derby presented by Woodford Reserve after listening to our special guests. Well, the story of Kentucky Derby hats, the wide brim straw fashion statements that ride into Churchill Downs each year atop of the heads of well-heeled spectators is a contributing factor of the transformation of American racing from immorality and vice, such as gambling and drinking, to venues that might attract a wealthier, more noble set. So never <laughs> underestimate a New York girl. We have the walk, we walk the walk, we have mad skills, and we work really hard. So that's why I'm so happy to bring you my next guest. So joining us today to talk about the Derby Topper is famed designer, my gal pal, Christine Moore, who is the featured miller once again at the 149th Kentucky Derby, presented by Woodford Reserve. I can take a break now. So Moore has so many collections of hats, but is best known for her explosive racing style. Uh, I mean, the greatest thing about her hats is they're gorgeous, but they're known for their comfort, the attention to detail, and her designs are highly popular throughout the country with the horse racing set. So how you doing? Oh, it's a crazy time of year. I love it, but I'm tired. But I'm, I'm raring to go. You know, we have uh, three, four weeks. And so, you know, the game is on. 
Game on, New York girls. We know about the game. We know about the pressure and we have a great style. So let's start out with the buzz. Okay, let's get right down to it. What celebrities are you designing for this year and what news people? Well, definitely the news people, the celebrities haven't been, um, haven't been, you know, that's last minute, you know, it's so we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Everybody has to stay tuned to see who, who's coming, but, um, so what does that so mean? We, you can't tell us or people no, they call at the last know. minute. Yeah, they that's that's all confirmed much later. You know, we have two more weeks at least. <laughs> at least, you know, I used to laugh because Kathy Griffin was like D list. So I always like to say, well, what am I? Here's the thing like everyone who goes to Derby is a celebrity in themselves. Like everybody wants to vie for the camera. They want to they want to live like the celebrity life for that day. And that's, or the two days, cause there's Oaks too, Oaks and Derby. Sure. And they want to live the life. Like they are the most important, most special person, but all in good fun. Cause everybody, as you know, everyone's having a great time, jovial. There's, I mean, with all the drinking and the gambling, you'd think there'd be <laughs> fights breaking out, but there never is. Everybody's like hugging each other. And it's like, it's a day of love. It really is true, and and it, and definitely, I think because everyone's dressed to the nines and 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 looking amazing, their behavior really does follow. What are the hot colors this year? Well, it's neon. Uh, neon is really what's leading the pack. Um, really? So yeah. So so you know, in the last couple of years, ever since oh, 20, because racing's been going on right throughout the pandemic in twenty twenty one, people when they when they could come out they wore brights now it's like two years of brights now it's like how do you what's the next thing you do it's like go to neon <laughs> just makes really sense. yeah so like what you're wearing you're wearing like a green well, see this is not neon. really neon this is like a springy regular green but that that's the thing it's like um neon yellow neon orange neon pink um green lots of green lots lots of green so oh no i wanted a green hat i was the last time i wanted you to, i'm gonna have to come up with something different i can't have what everyone else has oh don't worry charlotte you'll be different <laughs> i have no <laughs> doubt about that you'll stand out no you'll do it yeah i'm gonna make you look spectacular i always you, do. You, oh, and, and, you know i have to tell you any hat that I've worn to the Derby over the last umpteen years, I've never worn again. It's my superstition. <laughs> so people have come to my house and seen all of Christine's beautiful hats that she's made over the years for me. And they're all gorgeous. And they're like, and even my sister said to me, is like 25 years older than me. She said, oh, well, you never wear these again. I'm like, no, I just look at them. Well, I always say the best souvenir from the races is a really great hat. It's true. And one by you. I mean, you know, what is this? Six years? You're the featured Milner. I can't wait till next year. 150 running of the Kentucky Derby. I know with Secretariat, the paddock's going to be done. It's going to be fantastic. So yeah, that's interesting. I saw the paddock uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and I don't know how they're going to pull it together, but I know they will. It's not going to be totally done, but at least it's not it, when I saw it wasn't even like walkable. So I know. <laughs> I so yeah. I always ask this question, but I want people to know, do you buy the hat first or do you buy the dress first? Well, I can work either way. I, I definitely think that buying the dress first is easier for most people because of fit issues, you know, they want to get the fit and, and they're self-conscious. They're less self-conscious about their face and their head than they are their body. So I'd say feel get your dress, feel really comfortable and confident in it. And then let me design around it. I can also, if I don't 
know someone. It's also what they choose in their in their dress makes it easier for me to get a hold of their personality, get an idea of what they're about. So I like that as like a gives me a context. But like I know you, so I, I can kind of figure out what I'm gonna do with for you before uh whether you get a dress or not, you just have to fill in the color, you know? So it it, it doesn't matter which way you go, but I think getting the dress is smarter to enjoy the day in comfort. Let me say it that way. Well, you design men's hats too. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to see in men's fashions? Oh, for men, uh, definitely like more of a, a medium brim um, style. It's not in the stingy brim that's been, you know, ruling the men's racing fashion the last couple of years. Uh, colorful hat bands, colorful, uh, just like women, just colorful accessories, or it's, you know, a great suit for Oaks. You can wear, uh, you know, slacks and a sports coat for Derby. You want to wear a suit, but it's, it's definitely adding in that, in that, uh, color and that excitement, just like the ladies. Also, the other thing I've seen is the pastel. So fashion has gone either direction, either neon or pastel. Very strange. Isn't that crazy? Huh. So, I mean, the reason I mentioned it, I think it's help more helpful for, men with the shirts and things like that. And, and that the, also the trend is to pa pastel, pastel shirt, you know, bright tie, neutral suit or something sure. like that. Most importantly, no matter how good you look, you want to be comfortable. You want to be relaxed. And that's the nice thing about wearing one of your hats. It's, it's not overwhelming. It fits. It's going to stay on all day. It's not going to be too top heavy. Yeah. So and that's the good thing great. about custom hats is really, you know, get your custom hat while you can think early. So it fits you perfectly instead of like, you know, like I said, don't fudge with your fashion, you know? Right. Don't fudge with your fashion. The famous words from Christine Moore. Okay. So it's not too late to get a Christine Moore special for the Derby. You could go on kyderbyright.com and find one of your, one well, of your hats. Yeah, you'll see a link to the camhats.com. So the best thing is either go to kyderby.com, follow the link, or just go to camhats.com. Right. Okay. Well, Christine, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you leave, give us that website where we can learn more about you and your superb hats. It's camhats, it's C-A-M-H-A-T-S.com. Great. Well, don't forget, that this is an extraordinary experience being able to actually see and listen to Christine more because she's working her fingers to the bone this time of the year. Um, so we're always, we're always excited to see her, and especially now we can see all the hats, the fashion. Um, and what I always love is that you'll see Christine and her, she'll have, have all these people in the background of all these great hats she designed. She's always wearing some like low key hat. It's like, just like she is now it's a hat, but it's kind of like totally different. Yeah. You know, wear one of her hats, she'll be addicted. That was Christine Moore, the featured Milner at the 149th Kentucky Derby. Can you believe it? She's been the featured Milner for six years, Dr. Flack. And not only that, she's a wonderful person too. She's a good friend. Yes. Well, it's a wrap, but before 
we go. I want you to know that I will be on the ground at KY Derby this year. I have a media pass, so I will be sharing my pictures and my impressions on our social media channels. But as excited as I am about the Derby, I can't believe that during the same weekend the annual westminster kennel club show is taking place i will be reporting live from the billy jean king tennis center in new york in queens new york and i want to give you a preview of next week's show so next week we're talking about the 147th Westminster Kennel Club. It is the second oldest continuous held sporting event in the United States. What's the first? The Kentucky there Derby. And I'm going to be talking about what's going to be happening during the show. I'm going to be talking about all the great breeds, great dogs, and the new breed, the Bracco Italiano, and how to find the dogs of your dreams. So, Dr. Fleck, before we go, will you thank our very, very special guests? We're so fortunate to have these wonderful guests, Darren Rogers, Travis Stone, Steve Haskin, and Christine Moore. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. If you have a question, write to us at teamatthepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. And most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Happy Derby! Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.